The talk you are about to hear is by Roshi Amala Wrightson, teacher at the Auckland Zen Center. Today is the fifth day of our Spring Seven-Day Sashin. It's the 6th of September, 2023. And we're continuing to read from and comment on Throw Yourself into the House of the Buddha, the life and Zen teachings of Tangan Harada Roshi. We're going to take up um, a chapter entitled Zazen and um, look at two, two passages in this chapter, one on breath and one on mind, essentially ba basic instructions on, on these. Breath. The breath flows in and out from the bottom of your belly. You are breathing from your tanden. We mentioned this before, it's this energy center in the lower abdomen. You can become settled in this way. Patiently breathe this one breath deeply from your lower belly. Your tanden becomes your center naturally. The bottom of your belly is where you are the stablest. The breath goes in, the breath goes out. Pour all your body, all your spirit into this one breath. There is nothing outside of it. Just breathe this one breath. This is all there is. Give it your all. You are one, the one with the breath. The way is one. Let me just repeat that last sentence. You are one with the breath. The way is one. Even if you're not thinking about taking this breath, the breath is breathed for you. You are perfectly nurtured like a baby is nurtured by its mother. This is one of the, the um, kind of extraordinary things about the breath. We can be eating or talking or walking, doing some kind of complicated task, and we don't stop breathing. It happens. This is why Tangan says we're perfectly nurtured like a baby is nurtured by its mother. The breath flows in and out of us. When we're sleeping, also, Tangan continues, there's nothing to figure out. You are naturally cared for. When you go to sleep at night, are you directing your breath? Since you were born 20, 40, 70 years ago, 365 days a year, how many times in one night alone has this breath been breathed? Always it has been natural. You never had to will it to be. So who is breathing for you? Who is breathing this breath? Don't look away. This breath is true life. This breath is everything. This breath is perfectly receiving all things. This one breath is repaying all the goodness of the universe. This is the heart of all the cosmos. There are no boundaries to this one breath. The host is here. 
Who is the host? Can someone take this breath for you? This is total mutual support and sustenance. The heart of all being is now here in this one breath. Think of a um, exercise that uh, John Seed does when he has workshops with people. John Seed is an Australian uh, rainforest activist. And um, one of the uh, things he offers in he, at his workshops is a, a meditation with a tree where one sits at the base of the tree, or it could be um, grass, I guess. I think that's in the workshop we had, that's what we did because it wouldn't have any trees handy, so to speak. But just to sit and breathe and recognize that you're, what you're breathing in is what the plant is breathing out. And what the plant is breathing in is what you're breathing out. Next section is, is headed up mind. Various ways of practice are given to us. There is a practice just right for you. The practice will reveal you, to you this one-way path. There is no question of comparing and, and saying, this is a good practice, but that one is not so good. It's just like the Olympics. You have 100-meter races, 1,000-meter races, and marathons. Depending on the way that you are able to practice, one practice will be better for you than another. It is only if you are not giving yourself completely to the practice that you will become dissatisfied with it. There is counting the breath, following the breath, shikantaza, mu, the sound of one hand, your original face, and many other koans. This, um, this sound of one hand is perhaps in the, in the popular culture the, the best known of, of the koans. What is the sound? Usually put, what is the sound of one hand clapping? It comes from uh, hikigan roku, as part of a hikigan roku. Uh, koan number number 18 and the original face is what um, is another one from one of the koans what was your face before your parents gave birth to you is sometimes the way it's asked and then of course there are many others the whole collections. The teaching is the same, and each practice reveals one and the same thing. Counting the breath is the perfect practice at the beginning. Shakyamuni Buddha himself taught this practice. We have example after example of it in the sutras. Um, Anapanasati. This, this comes up again and again as, as a central teaching. Mindfulness of breath. Starting with a few deep ab abdominal breaths, your, eye, your mind's eye settles on your lower belly. Counting on the exhale, just count one. 
and and here it's it's spelled O O O O N E. So there are, there are different ways of counting, but this one of of extending the count for the length of the breath in one's mind, um, I certainly found a very useful way to to practice with with the breath. The, this is, helps us to have the breath full our, fulfill our awareness, to 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 have our our counting extend through the the, the whole of the breath. So. There is no separation, just doing, just being the breath, being the count. Two, just two. Count to ten and naturally start again from one. Earnestly count this one breath. Do not let yourself be bothered by thoughts and feelings. If you fall off the count, you pull yourself together and go back to counting your breath. Many thoughts arise in the brain. Just let them be. As a, um, a Soto teacher, Uchi, Uchiyama Roshi, who said, the brain's job is to excrete thoughts. Just as... as the pancreas excretes insulin, we could say. So that's that's what a brain does. Um, but this putting it in terms of excretion um, highlights the 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 worth of those many of those thoughts that the brain excretes. It's often pretty scattershot, all kinds of different things. The brain is actively going all the time, which is neither good nor bad. Whatever arises, no matter how inviting it appears, neither entertain it nor reject it. This is the key. Be strong on this point. Be firm and determined. Be resolved. The host is not the discriminating consciousness. The host is true self. All of heaven and earth, same root. All the myriad beings are one body, the true nature. All of heaven and earth, the same root. Openly, obediently be pure. Grasp nothing, hold nothing, rest nowhere. Is that famous statement in the Diamond Sutra, arouse the mind, with, the mind without its abiding anywhere. Don't get stuck anywhere. Or when you do get stuck, just keep that going back to the breath, getting back on the horse. Let go of everything. You are the embodiment of truth, 
just as you are. Stay in your tandin. Do this one doing. What is one doing? You can only answer this for yourself by doing it. Simply count this breath. Um, Tangan Roshi uh, at Bukokaji used to come into the Zendo and he'd walk around behind people sitting in meditation, Zazen, and he would say, only doing, he was saying it in English for the sake of the Gaijin, only doing. One wholehearted breath is a step taken. This is the law of karmic inevitability. The step that you take is never lost. Just carry on. Give it your all, then give it some more. Clearly, decisively. Give it your all, then give it some more. We don't know what our all is. We've had very little truck with it in our lives. So often we engage in things half-heartedly. It sounds simple, doesn't it? All I have to do is give the breath my all. But, but what is that? And are we truly, truly alive when we are holding something back? But the difficulty is, of course, that we can't just say, okay, I'm going to give it my all. And it happens. It, it takes repetition, it takes persistence, dedication, commitment to really discover what our all means. As he says, you can only find this out for yourself by doing it. One wholehearted breath is a step taken. This is the law of karmic inevitability. The step, the step that you take is never lost. Just carry on. Give it your all and then give it some more. Clearly, decisively. Settled in this one breath, nothing agitates you. Counting the breath is the perfect practice of truth. You need not entertain any ideas of gain, of getting something. Everything that you need is right here. Everything you need to know, you know already. If you practice counting the breath, you will become very calm in this practice, unflustered by anything that arises. The mind settles. It takes, it takes days for this to happen for most of us. But it happens if we engage wholeheartedly with our practice. You are giving your life over to this, practicing in such a way that there is no tomorrow. Thinking that you still have time is a loss of valuable time. Depending on having tomorrow to deepen your practice is not going to, is not giving over your life to the practice. 
There is only today, only this one period of meditation. Actually, there is only this one breath, only this one doing, this one single point. This is all there is. Whether there is counting the breath, following the breath, mu or shikantaza, burn within that practice and your practice will take care of itself. Practice nurtures practice. What does this mean when he says burn? I think it points to the kind of intensity that we need to practice with and also the, the role that the practice plays in consuming us. We burn up. Master Dogen said, to study the way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be enlightened by the 10,000 things. It's this, the burning refers to this to burning up in mu or the breath or this present moment. First and foremost, believe with all your life that you are immersed in the Buddha way, here and now. We walk this one path purely throwing all of your might into it, maintain this one straight path, this one practice you have been given to do. If you practice in this way, you won't have the possibility of regret later. When your practice is wholehearted like this, everything comes together to support you. There is no more separation. This, we discover this if we really uh, give ourselves over to something then Buddhas and Bodhisattvas spring up to help. Alan Wallace, the um, Vajrayana teacher, he expresses this as the road rises up to meet us. If, if we really commit to something, then uh, to a particular path, then that, that path rises up and meets us. He relates his, his own seeking in relation to this um, as a young man and, and a series of uh, impossible kinds of coincidences that, that um, happened to bring him to his teacher. When the, teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, is a saying in Buddhism. There is no room for any reasoning or conceptualizing or trying to figure it out. If you throw everything into your practice, then everything gives itself to you to make one whole pure doing. But if you don't really do it wholeheartedly, then you won't be able to appreciate the intimacy of Buddha heart. Even though we were all, are always and equally receiving and living out this treasure, 
We are eating a feast even without tasting it. That is a real waste. So that's an important point he makes here. Even though right now, as we are, we are all always and equally receiving and living out this treasure. Many of us are doing that without realizing it, eating a feast without even tasting it. What a waste. It is so difficult to attain a human birth. And as human beings, does everyone have this opportunity to hear the teachings of Buddha Dharma in this life? Certainly not. The Dharma, incomparably profound and minutely subtle, is rarely accounted even in hundreds of thousands of millions of kalpas. This is, um, this is a, a quote from uh, the, the Gata of opening the sutras, which is recited before Taisho in, in some Zen lineages. The Dharma, incompar incomparably profound and minutely subtle, is rarely encountered, even in hundreds of thousands of millions of kalpas. A kalpa is already an, an immeasurably long time, an eon in Buddhist cosmology. But then, just hundreds and thousands of millions of kalpas. So we all, just the fact that we've encountered the Dharma is, is evidence of our good karma an opportunity not to be missed. The, to to um, illustrate this, this um, r rarity, there's the image of a, of a blind turtle that comes up every hundred years to, for a breath. And um, the, encountering the Dharma is likely as that blind turtle putting his head through a uh, a yoke that happens to be floating, one yoke that happens to be floating on the surface of the ocean. Happily, we are blessed with this human body. Happily, we are able to meet with Buddha Dharma. True nature meets with itself. Self-awareness is possible. We have this capacity and we are in a position to attain liberation. At the same time, we have infinite capacity to use our wits to be clever and judgmental, to look away from, reality of our, from the reality of our own being. And, and I'm sure many people can relate to this. That we that we get caught up in in the clever use and of, of our wits, judging mind, and we do this to look away because it's 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 scary looking at our the reality of our own being. 
He says, lay down your self-cherishing, throw yourself into the house of Buddha, then everything is done by Buddha. Leave it up to Buddha. Release the hold of the small self and know how vast you are. Just practice and know how vast and wonderful the way is. How vast and wonderful. Next chapter is is uh, headed up vow. There is a teaching that says, if your original aspiration is incorrect, all the myriad practices will be in vain. If your aim is incorrect, whenever you do whatever you do will be of no use. So the mind with which we set out to practice Zen is all important. Practice comes to life in your vow, so please reflect and ask yourself, what is it that I vow? What do I pray for? It's always a good question to ask. Some people find it useful to to formulate their their, their vows, their personal vows, and to to say them silently to oneself at the beginning of a of a day of sitting or or a block of sitting. He says, you are a baby, then a teenager, and then soon a young adult. Day by day, month by month, year by year, your life marches on. No one wants their life to pass by swiftly, but how swiftly this life does pass. There is no respite, no stopping the flow of moments, days, years. Before you know it, you are 20 years old, 30, 40. Can it be 50 already? Sixty. Oh, maybe that's enough. Seventy. There is no slowing it down. In fact, subjectively, it seems that the, the older you are, the more quickly time seems to pass. Where did, where did that decade go? It seems, it seems to have gone in a flash. In olden days, it was rare to live to be 70 years old. And in so many countries in the world, this is still true. It is said that Japan has the longest life expectancy in the world now, but the mere numbers of days and years don't tell us much. The question is, what do you do with these fleeting days? What do you seek? What is it that you truly desire? What is your prayer, your vow in life? Some people have the impression that there's no such thing as as praying in uh, Zen. But you could say that the whole Zen way of life is a kind of prayer. 
and vows, which uh, what we do more more than than literally pray, are very central to Zen practice. Because what we intend so shapes our experience. You must look into yourself to answer this question. What am I working toward? What do I live for? What have I done with my life? Some people would probably honestly answer that they have wanted many different things and up till now they have followed their desires. Confronted with these questions, you may experience some sense of regret if your starting aim is not correct. But if your aim is correct, each endeavour is the real endeavour. Each endeavour is sincere, true, with no regrets. Truth is brought to life in your vow. It's, it's not like we can't purify our vows or purify our t- intentions. It's not like if you have an have a impure vow, then, you're, then you have to write yourself off. We may come to the practice with, with um, some self-serving goals, and then the, through the practice, we 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 modify that, we we purify it. Recently, when I was going through my room, I came upon a piece of paper. Something I wrote long ago. It's dated it's dated 15th of October 1947. I wrote it at the time of my first opportunity to meet with Buddha Dharma. Maybe get a sense of what his room must be like if there are bits of paper floating about that come from 1947. My teacher took a photo of Tangan Roshi's room when he was at Bukokaji because it, it, it staggered him so it was you could hardly see the bed for the piles and piles and piles of stuff. But what a treasure he pulled forth on this occasion, this this document from fifteenth of August nineteen forty five, which was the official day that the the war ended. Oh no, the document was two years later, so it was 47. I came upon a piece of paper, something I wrote long ago. It's dated October 15th, 1947. I wrote it at the time of my first opportunity to meet with Buddha Dharma. The war had ended on August 15th, 1945, and after I came back to Japan, I went to... Sozan Nagasawa Roshi's temple for my first session. She is the um, uh, female disciple of, of um, Diane Roshi's. Right after that first session, just before I went to meet my teacher, Diane Roshi, for the first time at Hoshinji, this is what I wrote. The one-way path of repaying gratitude for all things received, the purpose of human life. I will perfect my character, 
that is to say, become a living Buddha. I will arouse the body-mind and devote myself to Zazen so that I can awaken to the truth of the great universe as soon as possible. I won't let anything distract me from realizing Absolute Self. Each day I will accumulate merit, merit, both hidden, unnoticed and not hidden, increasing my store of blessings and capabilities so that I can carry on the great work. And then he, he wrote a poem following this. With yearning I vow to follow the jeweled vision of all the gods of heaven and earth. With yearning, this is this is uh, a useful term. Think of us of our practice. Self-centered desire is is not helpful in our practice. Grasping at, at results of one kind or another, but we all come with yearning yearning to become who and what we really are, yearning to see into this life of ours, to engage with it rather than, than um, hang back on the borders of it. <coughs> so let, let us celebrate our yearning express our yearning. Not to do so is, is sort of dishonest. On a second page I wrote, I vow with all my heart, if there, if there is good and evil, to p always pursue good with my true heart. To give me the means to do this, I will follow a true teacher, keep true friends, and read true texts. To stay on the straight path without weakening, I will use the whip to encourage myself. Even if I am coughing up my own blood, I promise with all my heart to sincerely lay down my life for this. He then comments, I must have written this with all my heart. On the next line I wrote and underlined with small red dots. Burning zealously like the sun, bright and broad-minded like the vast skies, settled and unmoving like the mountains, growing pure like flowing water, being like great nature. This is uh, signed and dated. It was with his signing with his his lay name Usao. He says that was some fifty-five years ago. And it seems I didn't know a thing about Buddha Dharma. What I wrote then now seems somehow cute and innocent. It was where I was at at the moment, that moment. But it was not without meaning, because everything depends upon our vow, our sincere commitment to follow the Dharma. Um, I'm not sure about it appearing cute, uh, but... It, it, it does display this, this fierce energy and remembering that he was an ex-kamikaze pilot who'd, who'd, who'd sincerely been willing to lose his life <coughs> in order to protect his country. So he says elsewhere it wasn't so hard for him to, to make a similar commitment. 
though we, we saw in, in, um, yesterday or the day before that he, he took it to uh, unhealthy extremes and had to, to um, heal from that before he could continue. When we arouse the thought of realization, the determined to attain realization, everything that we do becomes a manifestation of realization. Each step, this one step. I've, I've heard more than once from students um, how, what a, what a t change they feel when um, making this commitment. Because suddenly um, everything that happens, whether it's, whether it's a positive thing or a, or a, a negative thing, um, troubles of different kinds, misfortunes, loss, sickness, they're all grist for the mill. They're all they're all to be engaged with from the perspective of Dharma. And, and this gives people a lot of joy because the, the, the life has meaning. We're, we're, we're undertaking this work to see into the nature of the mind. He says, everything depends upon your vow. How alive, how vital is your aim, the aim with which you vow to live your life. If you're living your life with the vow to attain realization, all is lively. Your vow is clear, your purpose is clear. Of course, this vow has to include all beings. Your promise is not a stingy one. There is no such thing as realization for one's own benefit. Very, very important fundamental point here. There is no such thing as realization for one's personal benefit. As long as you are considering your own personal well-being first and foremost, how small, how lonely, how weak and ineffectual you are. But once you've made up the commitment to attain realization, which necessarily includes all beings, your foundation is no longer self-centered. You no longer grasp at this I, me, mine as your reason for being. Your vow is together with all beings. It opens everything up if we take this vow. We can, we, when somebody has some success or achievement or uh, shows particular virtue, this is something we rejoice in, no longer something uh, that we uh, negatively compare to our own uh, experience. All it puts things into a long view also, that our vow isn't, isn't limited to one lifetime. This, this it makes a huge difference to uh, how we can um, face the the ups and downs of our practice.
Here, right from the start, we find the conclusion of our journey, which is oneness with all beings. Without the I there, there is no all beings. Let me repeat that again. Without the I there, there is no all beings. Without all beings, no I. There is no division, no separation, no duality in truth. May all beings attain liberation. May all beings awaken to the reality of their inherent nature, of their inherent perfection. This is your vow and your vow is ultimately realized. All beings, sentient or not, simultaneously attain the way. Grasses, trees, the great earth. Everything becomes Buddha, pure truth. I and all beings simultaneously attain the way. This is another um, version of what the Buddha is said to have exclaimed at his great awakening. Grasses, trees and the great earth. Nothing outside of this awakening. Truth is not touched by discriminating consciousness. Truth is absolute, beyond conditions. It is original nature, perfect virtue. That which you long to meet is right here, right here and now. You can verify it for yourself. Please, see for yourself. Come to life in this profound rebirth. What else could there be for you to desire? What else could you now not... What else could you vow to do? Let go of any aim that diverges from truth. Clearly, firmly, make up your mind to practice the teaching of truth and follow through with your practice. Each step is one with the truth, one with life. Just be loyal to this one breath, this one step. With each breath, truth is realized, truth is practiced. Continuing, there is just to continue. The one who simply continues is the master among masters. This, is, this last is a quote from, from a Zen text. The one who simply, simply continues is the master among masters. Um, Roshi, the um, Suzuki Roshi of the San Francisco Zen Center, um, once was asked about how he came to be abbot of a big t uh, center in, in the West, and he said, he said, I was the one who stuck around. So stick around, everybody. We'll stop there and recite the four vows. The teaching you have received is offered freely. If you would like to make a donation to support the continuation of this podcast service or learn more about practice opportunities at the Auckland Zen Centre, please visit www.aucklandzen.org.nz.